You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, hello, villagers. Happy Tuesday. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited that we're together right now. I'm so excited that you have chosen to hang out with me. Thank you so much. It means so much to me that every Tuesday and Friday... You take time out of your schedule to tune in, to listen to my thoughts, to listen to the experts that I have put in time to get and chat with and pick their brain, that you're taking time to show up for yourself, to learn this information, to know what your choices are, to show up for your family and your kids. Oh my gosh, it's a ripple effect. Do you get it? Do you see I'm totally so excited that you're here. Thank you so much. You are listening to episode number 69 of the Tranquility Tribe podcast. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Amanda Huell, the designer nanny and parenting guru. She is the founder of Parenting with a Punch, and Amanda is a communication specialist and helps parents implement parenting strategies to gain control of their home again. Say that 10 times fast. Amanda strongly believes that parenting on the same page, positive discipline, owning your energy, and healthy communication are the essential steps to creating the family life of your dream, as these are the four pillars of Parenting with a Punch. Her approach is very straightforward, and she tells it like it is. She can turn a partner who is hardcore anti-getting help to being able to see the light so fast, I've never seen someone work magic like Amanda. She's a friend, a colleague, and a fellow businesswoman here in Boston, and I am so excited to have her on the show. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Hee Thank you. I'm so, so, so excited to have you on the show. This is something that Amanda and I have been planning for a while, and I think Every one of our listeners are going to walk away with something that they learn today. This is definitely an episode that is a must listen for everyone out there. So Amanda, as the designer nanny, can you set the stage for us? What does your support look like for folks out there who might be having a hard time envisioning what you do? Yeah. So basically I call myself the designer nanny because I'm coming into the home and then I'm leaving. (laughs) There are uh, situations where I will do overnights with my clients, uh, depending on the support that they need. Um, And that can look anywhere from a child that is suffering um, from maybe nightmares or has some sort of trauma, um, difficulty sleeping and needs support, um, you know, with sleeping, obviously. Um, And then Pretty much, you know, any and everything that parents are struggling with with their child's behavior, um, whether or not they're presenting aggressive behaviors like such as hitting um, or presenting anxiety or have diagnoses such as ADHD. Um, you know, I basically go into the home. Uh, I help parents be on the same page if they are in a um, you know committed relationship and or married. Um, and for some of my co-parenting families, I sometimes we'll go to um, both of the homes, so mom and dad's home. I'm willing that, of course, both parents are on the same page, but once I come into the picture, the goal is to try and get them to want to work together. So I have those separate conversations with both mom and dad um, to let them know the importance of sort of having my support in both the homes so we can try and get you know as much support and success as we can. Um, and then, you know, we kind of just, it's catered, of course, individually to each family, uh, depending on what it is that they're struggling with. Um, again, we could be dealing with different diagnoses or, um, that are often comorbid with, with other diagnoses. Um, and then we have the younger kids that 
just could be struggling with tantruming, um, you know, throwing fits and, and not listening and parents just ultimately just done and just can't, you know, they're pulling their hair out and just are so stressed out and they need that extra support. They don't, you know, they don't feel confident in what it is that they're doing. Um, you know, we kind of just start from scratch. It's like a, it's like a reset. So I come into the home and it's, it's a total reset. You know, we have a discussion about, uh, their, you know, their, their family, their family rules and kind of like setting those non-negotiables with both of the parents and having each of them list. And then also bringing the children, uh, into it and giving, having them be able to sort of be involved and, um, you know, have their input, which obviously helps. Um, you know, and again, that looks different for every family, but it, it's, it's, it's interesting because when I go in and we sort of start having this discussion, a lot of the times parents like have no idea like what, like what their house rules are. You know, they just don't have that, that structure. Um, and it's just something that I just see that most just don't even really think about. It's just not something that they, you know, it's not that it's not of any of any importance, but it's just something I guess that just doesn't come to mind. Um, they just don't think to sort of like connect on that, on that level in terms of, um, you know, their non-negotiables and like what, what's allowed and what isn't allowed. Well, I think part of it is that our culture doesn't teach us to like communicate about what our expectations are in parenthood, right? So like there's no discussion, especially from someone who's in that part of people's lives. Like I'm helping you prepare to have a baby and there's no discussion about like what nope. parenthood is going to look like, what your parenting strategies are going to look like. I hope that mm -hmm. you guys have talked about what you you grew up with because there's no discussion in my part of it. You know, I never see people talk about this stuff. Um, mm. and I think so many people think that having a baby is, is, you know, not that big of an adjustment, but it is, it really is a very big adjustment. It is about to really turn your world around. I'm not even going to say upside down because that kind of insinuates something negative and it doesn't have right. to be negative, but it's going to turn you around. You will not be on the same path that you were. Pre right. I can promise you that. So <laughs> that sods me right into my first question is what about the people who are preparing for a baby? What should they be thinking about as far as parenting? So you know, most people think they have a long time to prepare for that. And the really, the reality is no, you don't. You should start preparing for, for parenting your child from the minute that they're born. Like, you know, some people like me, I would argue that the language that you use while you're trying to conceive or the minute that you get pregnant impacts your baby. But some people won't go that far for the, for the people who think that it's, it's when your baby gets here. What should those people be thinking about as far as like parenting? Because it does actually happen. Your child's, you know, um, language receptors start at about two months. They're going to be able to communicate back with you starting between four and six months. Like you have to be on your toes. And I think two, four, six months, shoot that first 12 months passes by so quickly and you mm -hmm. don't really have time to adjust in the moment. So forward thinking, what should we be thinking about? Yeah, no, it's so true. And, and you mentioned it as far as like not really having any idea like what your parenting styles are. I think, you know, and especially in our culture today, right, there's so much pressure um, in general for women um, to even like get pregnant and have a family, um, you know, without even obviously bringing age into it. But so it's just the, it's just that it, it's just like, Oh, Hey, Hey babe, you know, you want to get pregnant? You want to, you know, you let's have a baby or, you know, you might have that discussion prior. You want to have, you know, how many children you might have, but there's never that conversation of like, okay, well, what's your parenting style look like? Like what, what is your, what does your discipline look like? Do you, you know, do you believe in spanking your child? Do you believe in, um, you know, it, it, you like yelling or, or reprimanding or, um, you know, putting your children in time out. Um, I mean, there's just so many questions to ask yourself in the sense of like the type of parent that you want to be. I mean, do you want your child to 
you know, well, I, I think it's probably safe to say that all parents want their ch children to listen to them, right? But they don't think about it prior when it comes to that, that age, even one years old, hearing the word no, it's like, what? Did you just say no? You know, and some parents just, they don't even think twice about it. Um, so I think it's really important to have that discussion um, you know, look up the, the, the different parenting styles, figure out like where, wh you know, what your style is, um, and, and what works for you. Um, of course I'm going to suggest the, the authoritarian, um, type parenting is in my humble opinion, the more, um, what's the, you know, just basically it, it just, from what I've seen in, in, families in the home that sort of seems to be the style of parenting that that really teaches children um boundaries and setting limits and really creates that healthy dynamic between the parent and child relationship um and then you're still able to obviously you know create that connection so talking about the parenting styles of course and your, your discipline um and then also having your non-negotiables um in the sense of like what are we going to allow and what are we not going to allow you know, for example, are we, you know, are we, if, are we a couple that might um, swear? Just as an example, is now once we have children, do we want to swear around our children? Is it something that we're now going to stop doing? Um, I've seen that often where that can end up being like a fight. And it's like in that moment with the children, you know, the partner swears and it's like, I, I stop swearing. Like I told you to stop swearing. And it's like, <laughs> first of all, don't do that in front of the children, number one. <laughs> and number two, like, you you've been with this person your significant other for how long and then now all of a sudden you bring a child into the picture and now you expect your partner to change and it's it doesn't work like that it's not that easy you have to really set those boundaries beforehand and know like how your how your parenting is going to look like and like what you're going to be comfortable with and i think a lot of times again like we just don't really think about that when we bring a child into this world um and then I think also having that very real conversation about like, how are we going to put our relationship first or how are we going to still connect with each other? You know, are we going to make sure that we get out once a month or, you know, are we going to have like bedtime, you know, or like 9 PM every night, just have like a 20 minute conversation, like recap of our day and like what it, you know, sort of just talk about, you know, what went on, or maybe even talk about the children, right? Because a lot of times that kind of, there's no communication about what the day looked like. Um, I often hear too, like the other partner has no idea that the child might have like gotten into a fight with their sibling because they're just, they're not communicating. They're not taking that time to really connect with each other. So I think that's something that's really important to sort of like hone in on and kind of like make a contract with each other, you know, and, and, and really know like, okay, this is something that is important to us and that we want to continue to instill once we have children. Now, obviously, realistically, things happen, things get in the way, but you know, if you're both committed and you really want to like hit this parenting gig from a team effort, then it, I think it's really important to have those tough conversations prior and, and and make sure that you're writing it down and if you don't feel comfortable you know get get support from a professional whether or not it's myself or maybe sitting down with a um you know with a marriage therapist and kind of like you know walking you through sort of like some of the steps to, to make sure that you're both on the same page prior to bringing the children into the mix because it does make a huge difference I love, love, love that you talk about, um, you know, making a plan beforehand so that you're not doing something for the first time in front of your children. So I always tell my clients, I support in the moment learning for certain things, but your birth is not one of those places that you want to be making big decisions that you've never thought about before that impact the rest of your life or your birth in a, a really big way. And I think kind of parenthood is probably the same thing just because it is a pretty big thing, right? So <laughs> parenthood is something that we should absolutely be thinking about. And I love that you, you bring it up to say, don't do this for the first time in front of your children. And I also think it's important to say, whenever you've agreed on something with your partner, 
it's really important to keep your word. Try hard mm. to keep yes. your word. That is is not to say in any way that if your partner messes up to like burn them at the stake, but <laughs> it does mean try your damnedest to keep what you say to your partner. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people and they agree to do something and then one partner just really doesn't give it their all. And you know what? It makes the whole operation go to shit. So yes. <laughs> you're letting everyone down. It's, it's your partners depending on you, your practitioner that's helping you is depending on you, your family. If you have other children, if it involves mm. other family members, other friends, people are dependent on you. So keep your word. And to circle back to the authoritarian, do you mind explaining that to people who are thinking like, well, what is authoritarian? Am I authoritarian parenting? What, what do you mean by that? Authoritative, sorry. Um, authoritative parenting is basically being more um, firm but loving. So that's my approach, firm and loving. Um, you can still be firm and set those boundaries and let your children know that you're the one in charge, but still be loving and still have a, uh, you know, relationship with them. Um, and, and create that, that specialness where like that you want them to be able to come to you. Right. Especially when they get older, even at three years old, you know, children are going to mess up and they're going to make mistakes and you want them to be able to come to you and, and, and tell you like, you know, I did something that I wasn't supposed to do. And, you know, it, then you're not creating that, that's that, creating them to be scared of you. Um, so I, the authoritarian is really just like, again, creating those boundaries um, and knowing that, you know, that, that you're the one in charge um, and creating that like sense of um, security. So your children like feel safe because the reality too is, if you don't have those boundaries set, you don't have those, those expectations set, children go haywire. They are like, what the heck is going on? It's like a total free-for-all. And the, the, it just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't sit with them. And I think it's really difficult for many uh, parents specifically, of course, to really comprehend that if they don't have those set boundaries um, and structures set up, then they are going to truly struggle and they're going to have a hard time. Um, so that's kind of an essence of um, authoritative parenting. Um, you know, I've heard that with authoritative parenting and, and, and getting support for like strong-willed children, right? Like empathetic children that are super sensitive um, doesn't work, but I, well, at least I've heard that from, from some professionals, but you know, I, I strongly disagree with that because the, the, the strong willed, you know, empathetic children, the sensitive children, they need that balance of like, they need to know what the boundaries are, but then they also need you to be empathetic to them as well, because they are sensitive. Like you need to get down their level and let them know, like, you know, these are just, these are things that you're quote unquote, not supposed to be doing, but it's okay to be upset and it's okay to be mad at the moment, but we need to teach them how to communicate in a more effective way as opposed to lashing out, throwing a tantrum or using aggressive behaviors. I love it. Um, emotional intelligence is everything. And, you know, I, it always boggles me. Adults that have really poor emotional intelligence, it just blows my mind that people can grow up and have literally zero emotional um, intelligence. As far as boundaries for children, I also believe in um, firm boundaries, but warm. So warm, firm boundaries, you know, filled with love, um, but definitely giving the children structure. I believe that children long for structure. I believe that they flourish in an environment that they can predict and that they can know what's coming next so that they can master their schedule and their skills throughout the day. And it gives them self-confidence. And then it's just this cycle of positivity. Um, and, and they learn that they can do it. And then it makes them confident to try new things. And then they master it and they learn they can do it. And then it's just I hope that you can listen. Yeah, and then you're you're boosting their self-esteem, which in turn creates a healthy emotional intelligence and they're and that that's what you want. You want a high 
healthy self-esteem because that's what's going to create that confidence in your child. And that's, what's going to help them to flourish and want to try new things and, and just like be able to handle the tough things because guess what? They learn all the tough things from a very young age. hundred percent. And I love, love, love. I actually just told a parent this yesterday. If your parent, if your child is going to experience heartache and someone being ugly to them and mm -hmm. them experiencing new emotions, wouldn't you rather that happen under your roof in your home so that you can model for them what you expect and how you want them to go out into the world? You can help mm -hmm. instill in them yes. the reaction that they see and that they learn and that they then go out and treat other people with, therefore teaching others like you have yeah. a ripple effect right in your hands be careful what you do with this child so for all the people out there who we have just completely blown their mind <laughs> what do you say to people who are thinking well I don't know what I don't know where do you um where do you tell people to find their resources to help with parenting and after you have after you share yours, I have a list of books and podcasts and websites that I'm going to share with you guys, but I also will put them in the show notes. Yeah. So I, um, Dr. Shafali, um, is a woman that I, that I have a lot of respect for. Um, she's sort of in the world right now as, um, of course the more conscious and more like positive, um, parenting. Um, and she really, you know, encourages the connection, um, you know, with the child and creates that, that healthy, uh, positive dynamic. Um, so I do suggest, uh, she's had a few episodes with, um, Oprah on soul Sunday recently, um, that I would suggest checking out. Um, and you know, as far as, you know, coming when it comes to reading books, um, I'll be honest, every, basically every single family that comes to me that is struggling and that needs support has told me no word of a lie that they've read a billion books and none of it works. And it's not to say that reading a book can't, you know, give you the tools that you need. I think we have to keep in mind that every single family is different. Every single family has different struggles. There's different diagnoses again that, that come into play. Um, and you know, to sort of like base it off of, and then the other thing is too, is when you're reading a book, it's, it's really hard for parents to actually follow through. So that, that's the difference in terms of like reading something and then actually taking it in the stressful moments. And that's basically why, you know, when families are at that level of needing that support of having somebody in their home, that that's where it truly makes a difference. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear your list of course too. And then, um, I am in the um, process of writing my first parenting book um, as well. So that should be, it was supposed to launch this summer, but life happened. And I, I hear more and more, that's like the, the, the world of, of authors. <laughs> it just ends up getting pushed back, but um, it will be coming out sooner than later. So I'm super excited. And it's really just going to be like a memoir of like, this, you know, the, a lot of stories, um, of course, not using names of just real life situations. And, um, you know, I'm not the end all be all by any means, but I think my approach in the parenting world, especially because I'm hands on in the home and there's really not too many that actually do this kind of work. Um, I, I just, you know, I'm confident that I know what I'm doing. And when families work with me and they get that that support in person, it just makes a, a world of a difference. So you will have to check out my book when it launches. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so exciting. Listeners, uh, keep that on the forefront of your mind. Super exciting. As for my resources, these are just resources that I've picked up over the years through the classroom experience, my, um, you know, behavioral health experience, the mental health, parenting, the early intervention, all the things. Um, so my compiled list, and again, listeners, I'll have all these in the show notes for you, but I love Dr. Barry Brazelton. Um, also, I will note, mine are for generally zero to three. Um, it's mm. a great foundation for zero to five, but other than that, it's 
probably better to get someone else's opinion, but Dr. Barry Brazelton, his touch point books are so spot on. You cannot go wrong with those. They explain everything. Um, and his potty training book is irreplaceable. I teach from it all the time, literally all the time. Um, the Gardener and the Carpenter, you can get that one on Amazon. The Whole Brain Child, that one's really good for understanding what's going on with your kid and helping understand their behaviors. Um, the Five Love Languages of Children, so I think that everyone should read The Five Love Languages. If you're an adult, you need to know what your love language is, and you should know what your partner's is and those who are close to you, um, and why not your children. So read that one. And then finally, if you think you have a, a sensitive child, I recommend uh, Lucy Jane Miller, maybe, I think is the author, um, Sensational Kids. That is a really awesome book. And then some podcasts. Well, Amanda has an amazing podcast, so we'll link that as well. So you should check that out. Um, also, Voices of Your Village by my good friend, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Janet Lansbury has a really awesome podcast on iTunes called Unruffled. Mm -hmm. The Balance and Motherhood podcast by Sarah Bivens. Take It or Leave It podcast. And then Motherhood Unstressed with Lizzie Carlisle. All of those have a different feel. All of them have different approaches. I really invite you all to check them out and see which ones speak to you. And remember with podcasts, you can download this episode, but not that episode. So you don't have to, you don't have to download every single episode from every single podcast. Go on there, download a few that speak out to you, give them a listen and see what you find. So those are my list. Um, after we have all this information and you, you take it all in and you kind of uh, go through it, and now what? So Amanda, once you have this information, where, what do we do with this? What do we do with all the information that we just gobbled up? Well, I think it's, so the reason why I think parents can get so easily overwhelmed, right, when they're taking in a lot of information, especially because there's, like you said, different approaches, um, is you really have to go with like your gut and what, what speaks to you. Right. I mean, and, and, and sort of like, and the reality too, is a lot of it's trial and error. Right. So let's say you hear a, sp a specific podcast and they give you a suggestion as to maybe how to handle, um, your child tantruming, for instance, um, and you try it and it works or it doesn't work. A lot of it is trial and error. You have to pay attention to what works and what doesn't work. And if it's not working and you're trying different things from resources that you're, that you're listening or, or reading, right? It's not working. Then I think that you, I think you really need to, um, look into hiring a professional. And again, whether that's, whether that's bringing somebody into your home. So whether or not that is hiring somebody to come into your home, whether or not that's having a conversation with a uh, mental health therapist, um, you know, a social worker, psychologist, um, <clears throat> you know, again, it really just depends on your exact situation and the support that you are looking for. Um, and I would, you know, and I would start from there. Um, you know, I, I would also highly suggest that you, you know, of course, I'm sure a lot of us belong to parenting groups and, you know, any, any sort of local um, community resources, but I think it's important to keep in mind, um, unfortunately, you know, when it comes to community resources, um, there's not that much, at least in the Boston area, um, there's unfortunately not that much around as far as free resources anyways, um, and getting that like extra support, but. I think you hit on a lot of good points right there, but first being, um, Facebook might not be the best place to get parenting info. So these people don't yes. know your babies. People don't know your family. They don't know what your life has been like up until this point. And even the longest novel Facebook post doesn't cover it. So yeah, not to be rude, but come on, what are you doing? Turn into the internet and a bunch of random strangers. And some of these groups are literally thousands and thousands and thousands of opinions. And that's all they are. They're opinions. And you don't know what these people's backgrounds are. So be very careful asking Facebook for advice. 
Another no, thing. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. No, I, I do not ask for advice. What you need to ask advice from a professional and an expert in that area. It honestly drives me crazy when I see people posting and asking their opinions on how to ha handle their child's behavior. It's, it, I personally feel that it is absolutely ridiculous. You need to, ha you're, you're gonna, you go to a dentist, right? To get your, your teeth clean. You go to a doctor to um, check out to see if you're sick. So why would you like, and it's not to, to, to throw any disrespect, like just because you're a parent does not make you an expert. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of that. <laughs> so thank you. I had to chime in. hundred <laughs> percent. I couldn't agree more. I have seen some of the most dangerous and crazy things said on the internet and you have no way to filter that out. It just, it seems insane to bring that into your home in my opinion but you know what's best for you it doesn't have to be what's best for me and so I guess that's kind of what I want to chat about I'm a firm believer that um you know I really make no bones about it but what's best for you isn't necessarily what's best for the next family or the next parent so can you give us your thoughts on mom shaming and the nasty judgmental games that happen in parenthood oh you know I a lot a lot of I really have to have those like very real raw conversations with parents because a lot of times you hear, you know, they're nervous, they're scared, especially if their child, you know, for instance, is displaying behaviors in public and they get very embarrassed. Um, and I get that, but we have to have that very real conversation of like, you know, easier said than done, but this is your child. Worry about your child. Who gives a shit about what another parent is thinking or saying about you. And you know what, if they're giving you looks or they're making comments, you can kindly say, you know, you're not, you're not me. You, you have no idea what's going on with my child. So please back off. And I, I don't think there's absolutely anything wrong with that. I think because of society today and because there's so much overload, especially with social media, um, and there's such like high expectations in general of parenting. Um, we sort of just, I, we care more about what others think than we actually care about like our own family. And to me, I think that's asinine because we need to work more on like ourselves and, and, and not worrying about what other people think. Like this is your world. They're, these people that are judging or shaming or, you know, saying their two cents about your situation, for instance, they're not in your home. They're not living your lives on a day-to-day -day basis. They're not coming home to you. They're not eating dinner with you. They're not sleeping in bed with you. So who gives a shit what anybody else thinks? It's your world. And you know what? If your child is, for instance, tantruming at three years old, because this is a big one, I think it's really difficult for parents of young children to reach out when they start to see struggles with their child. And they always say, oh, it's going to get better. It'll go away. And then they don't end up reaching out for support. And it's those parents five years later that are coming to me and they are like at their total wit's end. And I can't, every single family will tell me that they've seen signs when their ch children were younger. Where were you five years ago? Where were you six years ago? Stop worrying about what others think. If you are stressed out, you're having a hard time, and it could be the smallest thing. You might not need a, a very strong intervention. You might not need the support for four weeks. Maybe you just need a, a week. Maybe you just need some extra tools in your toolbox to just get you through the hump and sort of like help, you know, nip it in the bud and, and, and the behaviors, for instance, that your child is struggling with. Or maybe it's just you know, you're, you and your partner really want a parent on the same page and you just need a professional to help sort of like bridge that, that miscommunication, right? Who cares? Just, you know, get support for your family. It's your life. It's your quality of life. You're the one that has to live it at the end of the day. That brings up so many things for me. So first of all, for all the people who are like staring at you because your child is tantruming, <laughs> I challenge you to look at them and ask them if they want to help. Because in my world, if you're not helping, you don't get a say. So right. walk on by. Goodbye. Um, or you can come over here and help me. If it looks like I'm struggling, come on over. I welcome suggestions. <laughs> I'm clearly struggling. You know, what I'm doing yeah. isn't working. Um, hundred percent. Don't let people bully you in public. No, thank you for that. And then as far as laying down the foundation, you know, if you lay down the foundation from birth to three years old, I mm -hmm. promise I yes. in all capital letters would 50, 
50,000 exclamation points afterwards promise that five plus will be easy. From three to five is always kind of a gamble. Sometimes you have to like do a little extra. Sometimes yep. it's totally a breeze. But if you can set those foundations from zero to three, three to five will be whatever it'll be. But from five on, I promise your life will be so much easier. I promise, 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 promise. It'll be loads easier. Oh my gosh. If I could just, if I could give one thing to every single parent it is be intentional birth to three just do it it'll make your life easier on the back end of things so we chatted about the differences in parents I want to know about kiddos I often hear actually all the time my, my first baby this or my other baby that or my other children this or you know all the things and I'm quick to remind this parent that every child is very different you can't compare just like every pregnancy birth postpartum they're all different this baby is different they're their own person they have their own reactions they have their own way to perceive things how can people prepare to bring home a new baby to kids that are already in the home and for our listeners um we have a tbh download and we'll put that in the show notes as well to help you um transition life uh with a new baby to kids that are already in your home but amanda what about communicating with your kids that are already in the home and you know their world is about to be turned around too yeah, I think it's, um, you know, what I see, I, I, well, first of all, yeah, it, it's, it's a total transition for everybody, for, for, of course, the parents, and especially mom, um, you know, whether or not she's breastfeeding or not, right, and having to, like, totally tend to a, a, a newborn baby, and then they might have an older child, whether or not there's a difference of a year or two years or three, um, you know, again, obviously, depending um, on the age difference, but I think it's, you know, yes, it, it can be hard to balance, but as long as you are vocal, you know, with your older child, um, and sort of just explain like, you know, uh, you, you know, you have a new sibling in the home, like, you know, there's going to be times where mommy has to, you know, give attention, you know, to the new baby. Um, but that's okay. And it might get frustrating for you, um, you know, and, and maybe cause mommy's attention is not a hundred percent on you, but please, you know, and just kind of like having that real conversation with them and letting them know that, like, that they're still loved and that they're still cared for. Um, you know, it can be difficult obviously with, with, with a brand new little one, but you can try and involve the older child. Um, whether or not it's even just like, asking them to like go get mom's diaper bag or something, you know, I mean, just to kind of like help involve them a little bit. So it doesn't feel like the child is being completely like, you know, shunned from any sort of like attention. Um, and I also strongly agree that like less is more too. I don't think, um, having this like full blown, um, conversation, especially like maybe when the, you know, right before the baby is born um, and sort of like how things are going to change because the child is one, not going to even retain <laughs> um, and they're not going to be able to process the, the information. And if it's a child that is more sensitive and struggles with transition, then giving them too much of a heads up and giving them too much information can be very, very overwhelming for that child. Um, you know, and you might not know that your child struggles with it, right, until you bring that new baby home. So I think it's just important to, you know, as much as you can and as difficult as it is to pay attention to your other child as well. Um, you know, do you notice that they might get a little bit more sensitive or now maybe they're starting to hit a little bit more, they're, they're screaming or throwing tantrums, um, you know, just kind of pay attention to those, those signs that, um, that your child is older child is kind of having a, a rough time. Um, you know, they can get through it, but I think it's just, it, it's going to be verbatim language that you use, um, you know, with your child and then sort of like, again, like nipping it in the bud before it gets too escalated. Right. And it's goes on for like longer periods of time. I love it. So prepping your older child can be, 
kind of tricky. I find a lot of parents, you know, yep. this is one of the places that people read a lot of books. My advice yeah. to parents is always like, if you're going to pick an approach, you should just pick it and stick with it. Don't read 20 books. If you're going to read 20 books, that's fine. If you want to know all your options, but don't try and pick too 20 many. different approaches. Um, you really just want to pick something and stick with it. I also always love to tell parents two things, um, and you'll see more on the download, but books are really awesome to help your child understand what's about to happen in their world. So um, the language that the books use are very intentional and the pictures will help them visualize it. And then you can also um, stem conversation from books. Um, kids learn so much from books and they're also mm. Um, so many age-appropriate books, depending on the age of your child. So books are really awesome. And then I also say being mindful of setting aside um, a, a time that you can just spend 5, 10, probably more than 5, but 10, 20, 30 minutes with your child or children that are already in the home, even after the baby gets here. Um, and this right. may be a great time that the baby is sleeping or, um, you know, your partner has them or a family or friend is holding the baby or anything. Maybe someone has come to get the baby and um, they're taking the baby around the block to get the baby right. some fresh air and you're just sitting mm -hmm. with your older children. There's lots of things that you can do. If you've had your baby for a little bit or you feel great, you can even take your older children on a walk around the block and someone can sit with your baby at home. There's lots of things that you can do. Yep. Um, but I do think that books are a great way to prepare your child. And then also, um, hitting on what Amanda said, making sure that you just carve out that time. It has to be intentional because it won't happen if you don't schedule your life so much. You just won't, you won't have it if you don't schedule it. So being intentional and mindful about that. So Amanda, let's shift to people who, are sitting there thinking, yeah, right. It is not that easy as he, he, and Amanda want you to believe. And make no mistakes about it, people. I'm not saying it's going to be a walk in the park, but I am saying it doesn't have to be this crazy struggle in a madhouse feeling. Amanda, what's your advice to parents who are feeling totally overwhelmed right now? I, well, first of all, take a deep breath <laughs> um, and really like talk to yourself and, and, and ask yourself like, what is it that you want or need in this moment? Is it that you need extra support? Is it that you need some alone time, whether or not it's carved out daily or if it's carved out on a weekly basis? Do you need... Um, time with your partner, um, you know, what is it that you need that's going to help release some of the stress? Because I do strongly believe that, you know, we touched on it, having that, that foundation, and that's really what I help lay and sort of like reset with the families that I work with. I, I strongly feel that parenting does not have to be that hard. If you are intentional and you set yourself and your children up for success, by laying that foundation prior to the children coming into the picture, have those boundaries set, have those non-negotiables set, um, you know, or, and if you're struggling with support, whether or not finances are an issue or not, um, get it. Um, and know that it can and always will get better, but you have to be the one to believe it first. So if you're ready and willing to make that shift or to make that change, then you're the only one that can ultimately make it happen. You know, complaining about it and, and, and being stressed out and, and, and feeling stressed out is not going to help you. So you have to take action. Um, and just know that there is support out there and there is somebody for you. You just have to start the process. But first, take a deep breath and recognize that, like, if, if this is something that you want to create change if, 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 if your family is struggling that much and you really want a different quality of life and you want to be able to have that more calm and ease in parenting know that it can happen but it starts with you so what are the first steps what does starting that process look like for someone well i mean they can you know possibly depending on where they're located of course um, maybe 
you know, again, depending on what it is they're struggling with, whether or not it's behavior or if it's um, maybe just the demands of parenting, um, you know, look for whether or not, again, whether or not it's a one-to-one therapist and Googling somebody, you know, local in your area, um, or if it's behavior that you're, that you're struggling with, um, try and um, find that support locally. Um, in the younger years, I do highly suggest getting the in-home support versus um, talk therapy in an office because it creates a totally different dynamic for the child. Um, I am, you know, aware that you don't, you may not have the option of in-home depending on where you're located in the world. Um, but there are options to work with a professional virtually if they're not able to come into your home. And guess what? There's also some that also travel. So it, it can be done if you need that, that, that support. Um, but the professional, you know, in, in Googling and knowing what you're knowing, what you're sort of looking for. And if you don't, um, you know, start with the, with the therapist route, I, I, I would suggest. Um, or if there's, I don't always suggest pediatrician because they don't always have the answers. I would look to a developmental pediatrician because they're the ones that are going to have a little bit more of that support in the area of like behavioral and mental health and social emotional. Um, so reach out to a developmental pediatrician and see if there's any resources locally for you. So what are the three biggest signs that you might need some extra support in your home from a professional? What are parents looking for? Because I think a lot of people might be experiencing things and then they kind of swath them off as, oh, every couple has this. And while every couple might have this, it, it depends on like the gravity, how long it's been going yeah. on. This is very, right. A lot of stuff. So what are we looking for? What are some, some signs that people can be looking for if they should be raising red flags and they might not be? Well, I mean, stress, of course, is a big one. But um, when I say stress, obviously, that can, that looks different for everybody, right? Um, but if you're like feeling withdrawn, um, and, you know, you're not wanting to even like have that conversation with your significant other about feeling stressed, um, that that I would say is a sign that that you need extra support. Um, if you and your partner are struggling you're you know there's there's non basically non-communication between the two of you neither of you are on the same page with your discipline um you know you're fighting and or yelling in front of the kids um or even if you're fighting or yelling behind closed doors you know if you're not getting along um your children will feel that um and then the third um the third i would say I don't know. I mean, I guess it's, I mean, well, if you're, if you see that your, your child is, is having a hard time. So if your child is throwing a fit or tantruming, um, even if it's once a day, in my humble opinion, that is a sign to reach out for support because your child should not, I don't care if it's two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, your child should not be throwing a tantrum every single day of their lives. It almost reminds me of pain. Like some people are like, no pain, no gain. It's actually, uh, well, like maybe <laughs> like pain is a sign of like not good things, like strengthening your muscles and soreness is one thing, but pain yeah, that is usually a sign that something's not working right. I couldn't agree more. So, um, what's the number one thing that you recommend to parents who need to reconnect after having kids, whether it be their baby's one year old or, 10 years old what you have to carve out time for the two of you bottom line boom <laughs> bottom line i don't care what it is i don't care if it's sitting having coffee yeah. in the morning together and it's 10 minutes before the kids get up or yeah. or I, I i don't care going to a movie going to dinner grabbing lunch on you know your partner's lunch break um you got to do it because if you don't, you, you, it, it's, it's going to fall apart at some point. And that could look three years, 10 years, 15 years down the line. And you're going to look back and you're going to be like, 
holy shit, we have just been like surviving. Surviving. Who wants to live life and just survive? That's so it's sad. Not a, it's not a way to live. And unfortunately, I see it all too often. And it breaks my heart because at the end of the day, it's the children who suffer. And if you get that support and, and, you know, and somebody that gets you and can really help like bridge that, that lack of communication and like, you know, not parenting on the same page, like your life can change significantly. And whether or not your children have witnessed, you know, what they've witnessed, you know, it, it it's, if, if, if you're ready and willing to put in the work, it, it, you can continue to live a life full of more ease in parenting and be happy in your relationship and like model for your children that marriage is actually a healthy, <laughs> healthy experience. I love it. So I always recommend that new parents um, really set aside 20 minutes a day. Um, so just 20 minutes times seven is, is like not even two and a half hours, maybe two it's and a half hours of, of time with your partner. If you do 24 times seven, there's 24 hours in each day, seven days a week, that's 168 hours. So 168 hours and you're devoting not even two and a half to your partner. I think that can be done. And then I always recommend at least one date night a month. Um, and it can be two hours and you can walk around the corner and get ice cream and you can walk back mm -hmm. or it can be a six hour concert date. I don't care what you do. Right. Um, and generally the only exception I give is like the first month, maybe the first two months after you have a baby. But after that, I'm checking in to remind you, like, have you taken time this month to just be with you and your partner? Um, yeah. Oh gosh. Carving out time. What a great one. All right, Amanda. Oh, our time has come to a close. <laughs> this has been so much fun and this has been invaluable information. Amanda, where can people connect with you if they want to, um, if they want, if they were interested in your services or they wanted to follow you on social media, if they wanted to listen to your podcast, how do they get all of your info? So uh, my Parenting with a Punch podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, I have a Parenting with a Punch LLC Facebook page. Uh, Parentingwithapunch.com uh, is my website where you can get uh, my email information and phone numbers listed there as well, as well as a form to fill out um, and or schedule um, a free 15-minute talk to learn sort of you know, the services that I provide. Um, Instagram is parenting with a punch and Twitter. You can find me at designer nanny. I love it. Wow. Listeners, you had no clue you were coming today to get all of this information from parenting styles to talking about parenting styles in pregnancy before your baby gets here and laying the foundation to make the rest of your life easier to spending 20 minutes a day out of 168 hours each week with your partner. Take a deep breath. Think about what you need in this moment and make a choice. Act on that choice. Go ahead. You can do it. You have permission. You have the strength. Amanda and I believe in you. Happy, happy Tuesday, listeners. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribe? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hehe. If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyhehe at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.